Welcome to Sparking Wholeness, where we talk all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul. I'm your host, Erin Carey. I'm a survivor of bipolar disorder and a self-proclaimed nutrition nerd who loves asking why. As a certified integrative nutrition health coach, my goal is to help people find balance, and I want to help you find ways to spark wholeness in your life. For more information, check out sparkingwholeness.com or on the Instagram handle, Sparking Wholeness. And now, get ready for today's awesome show. Hey everyone, it's Erin Carey, and I cannot wait for you guys to listen to today's episode. We are going to be talking all about mindfulness, meditation, how to add it into your new year. But before we get into that, I definitely want to thank our sponsor. Today's podcast is sponsored by Forager Project. Forager Project is a family-owned and operated company. They craft 100% organic dairy-free yogurt, kefir, milk, and sour cream. Now, all of their products use this hero ingredient, organic cashews, and that makes everything in their product line so creamy so delicious and i'll tell you my kids when i bring home forager yogurt my kids will fight over who gets what flavor and who gets to eat it when and it just becomes a family battle which tells me that it's really good so only for our podcast listeners forager is offering a limited offer coupon for a free cup of yogurt at www.foragerproject.com cultivate health While you're there, you can check out all their hundreds of delicious and easy-to-make dairy-free recipes. I'm going to give you that website one more time. It's www.foragerproject.com slash cultivate health. That's foragerproject.com slash cultivate health. You are going to love it. It is always organic, always plant-based. Now let's get into today's episode. We are speaking with Colleen Long today, and I cannot wait for you to hear her story and hear what she's doing in East Texas. She's the president of Adventum Mental Health Network. She is a registered 200-hour yoga teacher, master Reiki practitioner, and creator of all things Adventum. Colleen holds an MBA from Belhaven University and has worked in the investment industry for close to 15 years. Colleen and her husband, Ted, live in Tyler, Texas with their two boys. So Colleen, thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've really been looking forward to this. Yes, I'm so excited. You run the Adventum, is it the the Mindfulness Triathlon in Tyler? And I got to tell listeners that this is something that I have heard about for a few years. I think it started in 2017, 2018. Uh, 18. Yeah. 18. So I guess it hasn't been that long, but I have a lot of friends in Tyler and everybody was posting about this mindfulness triathlon and being somebody who loves mindfulness (laughs) and who loves triathlon. Well, okay. I haven't ever done a triathlon, but I like the idea of triathlons. I was fascinated (laughs) by this. And so she started this thing in 2018 and we're going to get to that. We're going to get to the whole story, but I think that she's creating a mental health movement in East Texas. And that just, that just cuts me deep because that's where I grew up. And that's where I first started struggling with my mental health. And so I can't wait to get started talking about this. So Colleen, tell us about yourself, how you got started in mental health advocacy and how, where does this come from for you? Yeah. Thanks for asking. Um, It's, I think 
for a lot of us who find ourselves in the mental health um, advocacy role, it's usually from our own journey. And like you and your journey, I, I so admire your story and where, where you are now and what you're doing with the podcast and your blog and how you're helping everybody. It's really awesome and inspiring. I too had um, a mental health journey. Mine really started when um, I had a car accident back in 2012. Um, I had a head injury. I was driving home um, after hanging out with some friends and it was late and the road, well, I was living on old Jacksonville highway. So, you know, that road's really busy. So I, on my driveway is directly off of that road. And I was literally at a standstill. Um, I was stopped in front of my driveway waiting to turn because there was oncoming traffic and a girl behind me was texting and driving and she didn't see me. And so she rear-ended me at about 50, 55 miles an hour. And so I'm, I mean, she could have killed me. It was, it was a pretty bad accident. So yeah. I had a severe concussion and whiplash and that was really the first time I had um, uh, a pretty serious head injury. And that really, that's where a lot of the depression, um, a, a lot of things kicked in because at that point in time, I was in the best health of my life. I was, you know, competing in different races and doing CrossFit and just, I was about to start training for triathlons and and, and then like life-wise, you know, my husband and I had been married, but we hadn't had kids yet. So at that point in time, I was really pursuing my career and, you know, climbing the corporate ladder or whatever. And everything came to a halt. I lost my ability to speak and I lost some memory and a really, I mean, even though I was physically in the best shape, it really brought a new sense of respect <laughs> and awe for your brain, because if your brain isn't healthy, I mean, you can't you literally can't do anything. So, um, so that was really difficult. And so because everything was all the momentum in my life had come to a halt, really, I had to stop and ask big questions like, what am I doing? You know, is this where I want to be? And then because I couldn't jump right back into my job, I ended up had, having to leave quitting my job a month late. Well, no, that's not true. It wasn't my, it was a few months after I got back to work. I took a month off. I really hindsight, I should have, I should have taken off a lot longer, but I mean, we didn't know any better, but my life, everything just stopped. And so in order to function, you know, I couldn't physically handle stress the way I could, I couldn't multitask. I couldn't, there was just a lot of things I couldn't remember. I couldn't, all these things that would be, you know, um, wouldn't have to think about and just do, um, wasn't accessible anymore. So my life became smaller. <laughs> and then as my life became smaller, um, my fears grew bigger. So my life got reduced down to the size of my fears and it affected every area of my life. I, you know, my marriage, my poor husband, I mean, thank God for him because, you know, there was a lot of things I couldn't do that he helped me with. And then friendships, you know, those kind of all kind of went to the wayside. Cause I just, I couldn't pour into them like I could before. So that's when I really understood depression was like, and really dealing with serious anxiety and not knowing how to move forward or move out of that. It was very overwhelming. And after, you know, time and just trying to get back to my life from before, um, I ended up so that was in 12. And then in 14, I got pregnant with my first son 
And then in 15, it was actually um, the day after Christmas, I had my first miscarriage. So that point from that, those, you know, about three years of really dealing with deep depression, anxiety, I, the miscarriage is what really made me stop and ask, there has to be more, like something has to change. Mm. (laughs) And I didn't have the tools and I didn't know, I didn't know what that meant, but I knew deep inside that things couldn't keep going the way they were because things weren't getting better. So at that point in time, I just was praying and grieving. And even though it was a very, it was a very heartbreaking loss. And if there's any of your listeners that have experienced a miscarriage, or I don't know if you have yourself, but it is a very, it's a deep ache and, and void that you feel. And there's a lot of things because it involves your body. You can ask a lot of questions and kind of feel there's a lot of emotions. I mean, it can go from feeling betrayed to, you know, what's wrong with me to a lot of different things. So it was really the first time though, even, even though I was um, experiencing loss in a different way, when I had my car accident, this loss was different. This, this time I was able to really sit and be with the emotions and not try to escape or not try to numb them out or not try to um, minimize them or any of those things. And that is when yoga, mindfulness, meditation, and breath work all started showing up for me. And that is really the beginning of my journey. And then fast forward, you know, a few years later, that's how Adventum came to be because those things transformed my life so much that I had to share because these are accessible tools. You know, they're, um, you could go on YouTube and look up any of those things, a guided meditation or you know, a yoga class or even some breathwork exercises. And I think that's what's going on right now. I mean, there has been a mental health crisis for quite some time. And I think the, um, the pandemic has really highlighted that. Um, but these tools can be real time and people can use them in the, in the moment, but I don't think they're taught how or shown how. So that's my hope with Adventum is to be able to show these tools to people and, and make them accessible and, 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 able to use them on a daily basis if needed. Wow. Yeah, that that is so powerful. Now, this is actually a really great time to stop and thank our sponsor for today's episode. And today's episode is sponsored by Talkspace. As a listener of this podcast, you will get $100 off your first month with Talkspace. You can go to Talkspace.com or download the app and use the code Sparking wholeness to get $100 off your first month. And you know, we're talking about struggling with mental health issues and you you even mentioned your head injuries and and trauma and all of these triggers and gosh, I just think about last year and how last year I had so many things that I wanted to do and didn't get to do in 2020. Even New Year's, you know, I always like to make plans with my friends for New Year's and have this big New Year's party, but it didn't happen and as I'm looking forward to 2021 and seeing what I'm going to be doing this next year. I'm there's so much in the air. I don't know. Are we going to be shut down again? Are we going to go into quarantine or not? And so I think that's why it's really important to be processing our mental health. And I 
wholeheartedly recommend Talkspace for therapy. You can sign up online and start therapy the same day that you sign up. Depending on the plan that you choose, you can text, you can video, you can send voice messages to your licensed therapist. So it's really convenient. You can have virtual sessions from the comfort of your home. Talkspace is affordable. It's a fraction of the cost of in-person therapy. And instead of waiting for an appointment, you can send unlimited messages to your therapist 24-7. I think that's really huge because we want to make sure that we are being proactive with our mental health. And the therapist network is huge. There are thousands of licensed therapists with years of experience and different specialties. And it is secure and private, which is so important. My therapist gave me practical guidance that really changed my life for the better. I'm so glad that I found Talkspace and got the support that I need, and you can too, as a listener of this podcast, you will get $100 off your first month of Talkspace. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com or download the app. Make sure to use the code SPARKINGWHOLENESS to get $100 off your first month and show your support for the show. Now, let's get back to your story. I really kind of want to know, how did you even get started with mindfulness, breath work, meditation, because for some people we hear that and we're like, well, I breathe just fine. Why do I need somebody to teach me to breathe? Or we hear meditation and we think it's like some woo-woo thing where you sit in a corner with your hands up humming. So I kind of like to know what's the catalyst for you for learning more about that and utilizing that tool for yourself and your own mental health. Yeah, um, I appreciate asking, and I'll be very vulnerable in my response and very and very real. So um, maybe someone out it, it can help someone out there, or maybe they can relate. But when I, it was it was both the birth of my first son and the miscarriage um, before my second son. I had the miscarriage between the two. So my first son, I learned about the power of breath work and mindfulness. Um, well, more, more so the, the breath, I should say more so the breath, because, you know, when you're having your first child, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, and I'm a researcher, so I bought countless number of books to try to read how to, you know, labor and, you know, all this stuff. Um, and I was just curious, like what's happening, you know, what's happening in my body. Um, I really wanted to try to have a, um, uh, unmedicated birth, you know, um, without any medication or, um, you know, pain or any pain medication or anything. So I just wanted to see if I could do it. And, and I did, I was able to do it, um, by God, the grace of God, I was able to do it. And, um, one of the things that I realized from that was, man, I wish I would have practiced breathing more. I had just Mm. no idea how, um, huge it was for birth and how much it helps in the labor and delivery process. So when I had my miscarriage, it really made me stop and think like, have I been taking care of myself, which miscarriages aren't always due to you, you know, not necessarily taking care of yourself. Um, but for me, that was just one of the questions that came up was, okay, I haven't exercised in two years. Um, and I I really just need to find a way to implement self-care in my life. So I, um, I didn't want to do CrossFit again. I didn't want to run or do anything that was, you know, intense. Um, and I thought, well, if I had another baby again, I wish I would have practiced more breathing. So yoga, that's like the only exercise I could think of that used, um, breath work and, you know, you're exercising. So I simply went into it, not thinking anything about mental health or anything like that. I was thinking I need to get 
I need to exercise in because it's a great stress reliever. You know, it's just great for your, there's so many benefits of exercising, but I did not know about how powerful yoga and breath work is uh, when it comes to trauma, when it comes to processing grief and when it comes to all sorts of things. So it's, it's really beautiful how it, it showed up in my life and came to me during a dark time because it was the very thing that processed um, what I was feeling. And when I had that miscarriage, I mean, I believe in healing. I believe, you know, we can experience healing on all levels. And for me, I, I felt like literally I had this dark cloud and over this area of my body, over my womb. And I was like, well, who do I talk to about that? You know, that's kind of weird, but I did. I literally felt like I had this dark, um, something, just this dark cloud. And I, I didn't know what to do with it or how to process it and movement through yoga and breath work were the only things that cleared that out. And that was not something I knew uh, uh, that came to me by surprise. But when that happened, I was like, wow, you know, what else is there? So I ended up getting pregnant four months after my miscarriage. And it really was beautiful that I could take what I learned from the miscarriage and I applied it all through the pregnancy. So this is when my daily practice really started happening where I now I had um, a toddler at the time. So this is like five Mm -hmm. minutes, right? This is not like I'm sitting in front of my window with my coffee or tea, you know, (laughs) this was okay. I got five minutes. And at the time I didn't know like what, um, I couldn't guide myself. So there's tons of apps out there. And at the time I was using Headspace, which is a great one. I love that one. Um, And I, you you know, you can pick categories and it really, um, you know, different types and and ranging from, you know, sleep to relaxing. So I would do that in the morning and then I would uh, incorporate my breath. And then I started taking a prenatal yoga class. And again, using the breath and remembering, um, I would use visualization Um, I would imagine, um, you know, if I, you know, labor and just remembering how contractions are and and really timing my breath and finding ways to calm myself down. And so that's when it really became a practice. And, um, and then when I had my second child, I mean, the births were completely different. And when I was, um, again, I wanted to try to see if I could, you know, have the, um, my son, uh, with no medication, and, and I was, and I was at an eight talking like this to my husband, like I was wow. completely present, totally there. And, um, now when the last 30 minutes, I was definitely, it was intense. So I, it wasn't all roses the entire time, but for me, that was so huge because, um, I really wanted to be present mentally, emotionally, physically, when I was having my second child and I was, and that's when I was like, wow, these practices are so powerful. Um, if they're able to help me stay present in the midst of birth and I'm able to remain calm <laughs> when your body's doing all sorts of things to push a baby out, yeah. um, I'm sold, you know? So, um, that's when it really became very real to me. That is, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's such a good point. If it can help during what is like <laughs> probably the craziest thing that ever happens to us in our lives. Oh yeah. That's yeah. a very, birth is such a strange process and, yeah. and there's so much going on there that, yeah, like for sure. And, and I think 
just your own experience of, again, find It's almost like you found yoga accidentally. It's what it sounds like, you know, like, oh, I, I guess I got to exercise. This is low impact. You know, this mm -hmm. is going to help. But it really, I, I hear that from so many people. And I've had so many people, even on the podcast, talking about that, about how it has helped them heal and help them deal with different traumas that they have. Oh, yeah. And and I, myself, I, I feel the same way. And I, that is kind of the thing that brought me to breathing as well, realizing mm -hmm. when I finally figured out how to practice yoga while breathing, you know, yeah. that at first for a lot yeah. of people starting out when you start out, that's not, you're just trying to get the moves down, you know, yeah. and figure out what you're doing. But once you figure that breathing out, it's like, oh, how can I take this breathing into my everyday life? And so mm -hmm. anyway, I just think that's cool. And so with that, so then you had, you formed Adventum and I kind of want to know the background on that and why it's called Ad Adventum and, and, and all of that, because it's one thing to just yeah, this is great. This is helpful. I want to share it with people and like make a post on Facebook, but you created, you're creating this entire thing, <laughs> this huge movement based on this experience. That's way different. So let's, let's talk about that. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of a funny story because, um, I mean, yes, these were very powerful tools. They did transform my life and it came to be through an event, the mindfulness triathlon they created where I saw the concept somewhere and I was like, oh my gosh, those are the three things that I love that have helped me. Um, you know, the running, cause what, what my event happens to be is a two mile run or walk. You can walk it 45 minute yoga session in a 20 minute guided meditation at the end. And because those are the three things that I love, I was like, I, yeah, I should bring that to Tyler. Like, why not? but I've never planned an event before or like a, I mean, it's not a race, but a race format where you're outside, you know, and you get people to register and all this stuff. So I reached out to a friend who at the time was an acquaintance and I, um, let's see, this was in 18. So <laughs> in 18, I was also training for my first triathlon. So I was like, I was a part of the running group and I was meeting people, you know, in the bike community and cycling community. And so I met Megan Riaz, who's through the running community and she does, she helped, she does a lot of the races here in town. And so <laughs> she was very gracious. Cause I was like, Hey, um, can we go to lunch time? I just want to pick your brain about, <laughs> you know, what it's like to put a race on. She's like, okay. And I, and I knew my event was like very out of the box and it wouldn't make sense to a lot of people, but I kind of treated it like a birthday party or like a wedding. I was like, oh, I'll just put it on and see who comes and you know, it'll be fun and all this stuff. So, um, and I knew it was going to be a lot of hard work, but I still, I was very naive. Like I really didn't know how much work it was going to be, but it was, um, I don't know. It just all kind of came to me. Like I, I was, I was sitting down. I like, I drew the logo and then I drew the format and then I was like, okay. And then we'll have these sponsors and then in the swag bag, we'll do this. And then, Oh, I know what we can do. We can, we can all the sponsors, I'll get all these different mental health businesses, organizations to have booths at my event. So after the event, if someone wants to start their mental health journey, there's like 20 or 30 booths that they can check out. But I specifically reached out to a wide range of organizations because I didn't want it to be limited to just the quote unquote mental health, you know, count just you know counselors it I had gyms and health food and mm. massage therapists and chiropractors and counselors and you know I had the whole range because I believe that healing is not linear and that everybody's journey starts in different places maybe someone's not ready to talk to a counselor <laughs> you know maybe they need community first or maybe 
maybe their passion or, or where they need help is nutrition or it's, you know, it could be a number of things. So I had all these ideas written down and um, Megan was really sweet. She gave me a ton of guidance. And so I just went, I just went after it. I had the logo made. I reached out to someone and I got shirts designed and I got posters made and I created a Facebook event. And, um, and then I just started reaching out to businesses and organizations. And I was like, this whole, the whole point of this event is to create connection, to help raise awareness and remove the stigma and to get people help make this accessible. And to, and I really wanted I know the format seems kind of funny having a, a run yoga meditation, but I wanted people to experience in, in, um, in one setting, like these three things can help you. You don't have to do all three in a row, but these three things, I was trying to help people understand. And I don't, I, and I'm still trying, I hope, you know, I'm, there's so much that I have to learn and I'm still growing with Adventum. Um, but I, I truly believe that even though people can experience trauma in the body, I believe that the body can help release it too. And those practices help release trauma. Um, So it's very multifaceted and what, you know, we're trying to do and and how we're trying to help people and Adventum, the word itself, you know, while this is all going on, I'm still like trying to, I'm on my own healing journey too, while this event and Adventum is being built. And so in 2018, you know, uh, each year I kind of have a word and my word for that year was adventure. And 2018, just really, my heart really got bursted open in a good way. It really helped me face a lot of fears and, and, um, pursue and, and kind of attack some challenges and things in my life that I was too scared to do. And the event really helped me to just face those things head on. And Adventa means adventure in, in Latin. And, um, you know, we have a phrase, the adventure of elevating mental health, because it is an adventure. Now, adventure can be fun, but it also can be scary because you're going to adventure if you're going somewhere that's like a wilderness or, you know, um, and, and you're made, making your own path on a trail, you know, sometimes it can be scary and, and unknown. You've got to be prepared. And so um, that's really what Adventum stands for is that this whole thing is an adventure. We need to approach mental health and these tools and how to help people in a very new way. It's got to be new. You know, there's, there, there needs to be change. There needs to be out of the box solutions. So, that's what I'm hoping to accomplish through Adventum. I love that. And I, and I'm so excited just to know you and like get to connect with you in this way, because I, we align so much on that. I feel the same way. I remember when I was first diagnosed with all of my things, I did not have other tools. I had whatever the doctors told me, you know, and, and which is great and worked for a time, but we, especially when we're talking about trauma, there are so many other tools to deal with trauma. And so many people, when we have a diagnosed mental illness, a lot of times there's a trauma that happened that's at the root and we've got to address that. And meds don't always work when we're talking about dealing with trauma and meds don't work for, for a good percentage of people. And for some people they do, but it's like, we need other tools. And I, anyway, I just get so excited about that and and, (laughs) and accessible, going back to accessible tools, things like breathing that is free. You don't have to buy $200 worth of vitamins, you know, like just use what you've been given. (laughs) 
Yeah. So I, I just, yeah, I, I love that. So tell me a little bit about what your daily practice, like, because I think when we talk about this, it sounds daunting for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's scary. Um, I don't have time to sit and be still. I don't, like you said, the picture of sit in front of my window and cross-legged and just, yeah. mm, you know, is that what I'm doing? Um, what, what does it look like for you? What is this in reality? And how, how do you make it practical for your very busy life? You have two little kids and lots of stuff going on. So how do you make it work for you? Yeah. So for me, it's, it's actually very different day to day. I don't have a very super structured schedule when it comes to that. Um, now at the beginning I did because it was so new, I was trying to make it a habit. And so for me at the beginning, it was having my headspace. There's again, there's there's calm, there's headspace, there's lots of different ones, but I started there and, and I needed the guidance, you know, and I, it was really helpful to hear a recording and have someone walk me through where I didn't really have to think about it or feel like I had to memorize. Um, and again, there's a lot of great things online. So, um, but yeah, so it started out that way. And then, you know, for me um, now it's throughout the day, whenever I need it. So now I treat it like a tool. Um, it, it's, when I can tell that I'm getting stressed out or, or I'm not in the present moment, especially when I'm not in the present moment, meaning what does that mean? That means I'm stuck in the past, you know, ruminating over the past, or I'm worried about the future. Um, if I am not here and present, I do whatever I can to get into my body. What does that mean? I I focus on my breath because when you're focusing on your breathing, um, and there's different breathing exercises that I do. And again, you know, five, 10 minute. This isn't, I don't do anything crazy. Some people, I mean, there's lots of different methods. I mean, if you want to do it for an hour or so you can, some people <laughs> do it for 20 or 30 minutes, but for me, um, that that's not w- w- what I do. But again, this, the thing about all of these tools is that it's meant to give agency back to the person. And it also encourages the person to tune into themselves. Well, what works for me what I do is may not work for you or someone else or, or it might. So it requires some experimentation and really stopping to listen to your body. Um, you know, for someone who wants to say, increase their stress, stress threshold. So for me, let's say if I'm trying to like wake up, like, uh, if I want to feel like, okay, I need like a shot of espresso, but I don't want to take a bunch of caffeine. I can upregulate using my breath. Well, for someone who suffers panic attacks, that's probably the worst breath breath exercise I could give them to do, you know? Um, But on the flip side too, if I find myself with a racing heart or, you know, palms are sweaty and I need to slow down, there are breathing exercises to slow myself down too. So again, and and now um, I I know I'm kind of throwing a lot of different stuff out there. Um, You know, with the meditation, it could range from, literally being still and focusing on your breath and not necessarily thinking of anything, or it could be a mindfulness exercise, which could be a, like a body scan. And I literally will sit there and just, you know, bring my attention to the top of my head and then scan down, you know, what do I feel? Do I feel anything in my neck and then go down on my shoulders? And literally I could do a body scan. Sometimes I could do a a visualization technique where let's say if I'm really stressed out or if I'm sad and grieving, I have, there is a literal physical location that I love. It's the Oregon coast. So sometimes I'll literally imagine myself 
at the beach and imagining like the ocean waves as my breath. And, you know, so for me, those things, again, I, I use throughout the day. Um, I use breathing techniques as I go to sleep. I also do self Reiki on myself before I go to sleep. Um, and I can give a couple breathing techniques really quick. Um, if you're wanting to slow down or um, you're very stressed and you, and you wanna relax, there's a really amazing breathing technique that I learned from Dr. Andrew Huberman, who's a neuroscientist at Stanford. And he is so brilliant. I highly recommend people go to his Instagram because he does all these, um, uh, he teaches on Instagram to everybody, uh, all these different techniques and things. He studies fear and stress and all these things. Um, but it's called a physiological sigh. And what it is, it's a inhale and a quick second inhale at the top and then an exhale. And you want to extend the exhale a little bit longer. And what that does is it regulates the CO2 and oxygen level in your blood and it literally balances your body. So I'll do like three rounds of that. You can do that while you're driving. You could do that right before a meeting or, you know, anytime you're doing the dishes and kids are yelling at you, you can be doing that breathing exercise. So, so that, okay. So I want to stop. So it's a, it's like a double, double. Okay, yeah, I'll, is, it, I'll do. is it like when kids are crying and they go, yeah. is it yes, like that? Exactly what it is. Very soothing. It is. It's, it's your body's natural way. And see, this oh. is the thing you're tapping into what your body already does and it's designed to do. So when people, sometimes they hear breath work, it's a little intimidating. They're like, what are we doing Wim Hof? Are we going to do like these really intense inhale and exhale? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, no, you can actually just, you can um, do something on your own, you know, that your body already does intuitively. So yes, I tell my kids it's the cry sigh. Like, okay, guys, let's do the cry sigh. So <laughs> it I is, love that. It's the inhale. So the so it's a, you know, long inhale, quick inhale at the top, and then an exhale. And literally, if you do three rounds of that, you will physically feel different after yeah. doing that a few times. So again, you can do that anytime. And sometimes I'll do that before bed. So if I have racing thoughts or I'm thinking about tomorrow, I will literally do that as I'm laying down to calm myself down. Um, so that's one breath work, ex, you know, tool. It's a real-time tool is what Dr. Huberman calls it. Because um, <laughs> you can... It, it works like right then and there. Another great one is box breathing. So that's kind of a, like a balancing one, or it kind of can wake you up too. again, depending on the person, but you pick the length of time that works best for you, but it's called box breathing because it's the same ratio all the way around. So let's just say a four count, uh, you inhale for four, hold for four, exhale for four, hold for four. And then you just keep doing that. Um, another great breathwork tool that I like to do again, to help me slow down. Um, it's, there's a lot of different names for it. I, I call it, um, circle breath and you breathe your inhales and your exhales are the same ratio. So I usually try to do it at a slower place to control my breathing. So if I find myself kind of, you know, uh, breathing in my, you know, shallow breathing, or I'm getting kind of anxious, I'll just slow down my breathing, nasal breathing only. And when I tried it, that's a whole nother bag of chips is the nasal breathing. Cause that's a lot of, there's a lot of health benefits with nasal only breathing. Um, but yeah, I will slowly inhale, let's say four, six count. However, you can do it and exhale. Um, and if someone on a side note, if, if you're wanting to, um, relax yourself, 
always focus on the exhale. The inhale happens naturally, um, but the exhale is what you, what you're offloading. That CO2 is really going to help you bring down into a, a more down-regulated state. Oh, that is so helpful. I love that you gave us practical tools and that cry sigh is yeah, cry awesome. Sigh. Yeah, I'm totally going to do that. <laughs> I love it. Um, how can people get more in tune to their signs of, of stress and know when they need to practice these things? Because I think that's really hard. Like even for, for me, I feel like I'm pretty body aware, self-aware of my stressors, but man, this morning I told my husband, I woke up and I just felt amped up mentally for whatever reason, just like, I mean, well, gosh, I wonder why everything in the world yeah. is just like right. craziness, but I mean, you know, and like, and it's just, I just woke up that way. And, and so, you know, a lot of times I'll go take a walk and I'll do, and I have like these different tools, but it's like tuning into it, it's really hard. So what are some signs that people can look for that say that they can tell that they're starting to get a little bit anxious or their body is telling them before their brain tells them, I guess is what I'm trying to ask. Yes. That's an awesome question because <laughs> it, it is a, it is a practice very much. So I think because, um, it's not really talked about, about tuning into your body, listening to your body. Um, I think as, as women, you know, with the stresses from society and culture, we can end up hating our body you know, right. or, or really resenting our body or not having a healthy relationship. So it can be really hard, especially if someone, which all of us have experienced trauma at some point in time, um, you know, we disassociate, you know, we tune out, we numb out, we, um, so there's a lot of things that we are used to that we're kind of working against in a way. So I think the quickest way and the easiest way to create a practice is to literally pause just if you like literally have the goal if someone's just starting to really like know that pausing is a important step <laughs> to not minimize that <laughs> to actually stop and bring self-awareness and whether it's you're sitting at your let's say you're sitting at your desk let's say if someone's working at all whatever and they're at their computer and it's like okay, I just stopped and my shoulders are hunched. I'm hunched over my computer right now. Okay, now I'm going to sit up. I mean, you could even set a timer, you know, once an hour or every 15 minutes, however you want to do it. But literally pausing and doing a quick body scan because I know there are times where I just try to push through and then I'm like, oh my, I feel like, like there's a knife in my back. Like, why do I have this sharp pain right here? Or my shoulders are so tense or man, my jaw hurts. Cause I've been clenching my jaw. I didn't even know. So I think if people can literally recognize the power of pausing for a moment, and then after they do that, let's say they're in a great practice of pausing, then learning to listen. Okay. Quick body scan. Is it my shoulders? Is it my, is my jaw clenched? So finding places of tension. And then after finding that place of tension, well, what do they do? Okay, great. Okay, what do I do now? Now that I know that my shoulders are all hunched, then literally use your breath, use your body to calm your body down. So use your breath to, you know, whether it's um, like your shoulders are kind of hunched over, you know, use your breath to sit tall and move your shoulders back and open your chest. And I think too, this is a total side note. I think a lot of times our body um, transmits how we're feeling. <laughs> you know, if someone's yes. feeling scared 
or embarrassed or ashamed, they're not going to have a wide open chest. You know, they're not going to have, um, uh, or someone, let's say if someone has a hard time speaking up for themselves, they'll feel it on their throat. Literally, they'll feel this tightness in their throat. And there's a reason for that. So um, even doing, and that's why yoga is a great exercise because yoga can translate in, into life where it's like, well, and if someone wants to, I mean, you don't have to go straight there. If someone's new to yoga, I mean, obviously the exercise is a great way. Like you said, you're trying to focus <laughs> on just doing the move, like let alone how to breathe and all that. But the beautiful practice with yoga is that it can help you take the shape of what you want to experience. Okay. So let's say you're in life and you are resistant and you are tight fisted and clenched. And there's some things that you don't want to be vulnerable about. Well, there are some vulnerable poses, you know, there's some heart opening poses that you can do like cactus arms and Cobra and like all these different things. And it's kind of crazy where if you can physically um, get into that pose, it really does, you know, waterfall into the rest of your life. Um, so I know I kind of threw a lot out there, but pausing, doing a quick body scan, when we say, listen to your body or tune in, that's really what it means. It means to stop and pause and notice, and then use your breath. You know, it could even be, okay, my, um, let's say my lower back hurts. Send some fresh breath. That sounds really weird. But just try it and <laughs> just try and see, like, I'm going to inhale fresh breath. Imagine that fresh air going into your lower back and then breathing out, imagining that pain and tension leaving your body and do like three rounds of that and you, you'll feel the difference. Um, so anyway, that's what I would encourage. Yeah. It's so, it's so good. Try. All of it is so good. And I, I just, I believe so strongly in everything that you're saying, because I've experienced it for myself. And I think that, that what you were talking about, um, women and like in this body shame that we have and the body image issues that we have, that no matter what size we are, we're never going to be good enough and we're never going to be happy with who we are. And so there's something about getting in tune with our body and listening to where we're holding that tension, oh, yeah. because if we're feeling that way mentally about our bodies, we're holding that somewhere within our oh, bodies. Yeah. And I, and even like perfect example, yoga, learning to do inversions for me, learning to do a, a headstand, mm -hmm. extremely empowering for me yeah. to tell my body that, yes, I trust you to hold me up. Totally. It's huge. It's yeah. huge. Um, yeah. and I, and I just think there, there are a lot of benefits. And for me just realizing, cause I did, I started practicing yoga when I was, gosh, I think I was like six months, five or six months pregnant okay. with my third. And, and that process of postpartum of, of leading up to birth and then postpartum and all the body changes oh, yeah. and, and nursing and how that affects everything, you know, like there's so many changes going on and my body being there for me in that time was really meaningful. And so I think mm. for women who, who are listening, cause I know a lot of women who listen to this, they, they want to find, you know, what's the best diet for me? What's the best workout for me? And how can mm. I get healthy? How can I find optimal health? And a lot of times we, we can't, if we are in this state of self-hatred about our body, and if we are not learning to scan and tune in, mm. and even a lot of the, the intuitive eating people, they will say, you know, first step, do a body scan, learn to breathe before, yeah. so that you can recover from this disordered way of looking at your body and looking at food. And anyway, I, I could go on and on about that, but um, I, I think that 
everything you said is so, so important. And um, I, I love the way that you put that together. So yeah, let's talk for a quick minute, um, a little bit about your can, oh, can I add? Yeah, no, go ahead. Quick. Yeah, no. I just yeah. want to add really quick about mindfulness. Yes. How oh, it's yes. Happening. So mindfulness is being aware in the present moment without judgment. So mindfulness really helped me yep. when it came to like negative self-talk, self-judgment, so criticism. So the practice of mindfulness is essentially, and again, I was introduced in mindfulness through um, Headspace app. So, I mean, I'm not like sponsored by them or anything, but I just happen to, <laughs> to really like them. Um, but they have great little instructional videos and explain, you know, um, and, and kind of go into detail as to what mindfulness is and how it can help. But it, it's like, you're viewing your thoughts as like traffic <laughs> or clouds, and you're able to create that distinct distinction between you and your thoughts. Because a lot of times when we're in it, especially when you're depressed, or anything from like OCD to, you know, body image, any of that, you can feel like your thoughts. You feel like you are your thoughts and, and it's one thing and they're not separate. And it's really hard to get out of that hamster wheel. And what it does is when you're able, when you do mindfulness, when you do the practice, you're able to sit with your feelings, you're able to sit with those thoughts. And that, then you start creating this space where you don't engage with those thoughts right away. And you're able to look at those kind of from like this third person perspective of like, why is that thought there? <laughs> you know, have I ever really stopped to ask myself, why do I talk to myself this way? Or why do I treat myself like this? And it really helps to remove yourself out of the story and to reapproach and create new perspective on whatever it is that you might be going through. So that was very empowering for me because that was a huge struggle it was very negative and destructive self-talk. Um, so I just wanted to throw that out there to add a little bit more and highlight how powerful and helpful mindfulness is. That's huge. No, I'm glad you said that because I, I too have had these old, you know, tapes. Does anybody yeah. call anything tapes anymore? An old CD an old, yeah. I don't even know what we would call it just <laughs> going on repeat, right. Or an old record or whatever, going on repeat with these negative thoughts that trapped had trapped me since I was little, little, you know, yeah. and it's like, just stopping and taking yourself out of that. It's yeah. huge and being observant, mm -hmm. not judgmental. And yeah, Headspace is a great one for that. Not sponsored yet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that would be cool. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think that that's important. It's important to distinguish between meditation and mindfulness because we lump everything together. And I don't think people understand the nuances in, in, in these practices and how, uh, you know, and how they are distinguished from, and, and all the different types of breath work and everything that you're sharing is so good. We haven't had anyone talk about that. And so I really appreciate it. I do want to touch for a second yeah. on Reiki. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's something new and fun that you're doing. Um, so I want to hear a little bit about how, you, how that, what you're doing now kind of naturally transformed into that. Yeah. 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 And it, this one actually had to do with my second miscarriage. So for some reason, things come to me when I have a miscarriage, I'm not sure why, but, but um, yeah, I had my, I had a miscarriage after my second born and it was actually around the same time as my first miscarriage. So that, that wow. brought a lot of feelings of like the same time of year. And um, it was starting off a new year with a miscarriage. And so, um, but I will say, um, having the tools helped me process that grieving. So I was grateful for that, that I, I felt, um, um, equipped, you know, I, and, 
again, grieving is different for everyone and, and it's different each time. So, um, but I was grateful that I felt like I had something I could, that could guide me through that. And, um, because of that miscarriage, I, um, have a friend who's a massage therapist and, um, and as a woman, you know, she offers a, a massage, you know, to kind of help reset and, you know, just a really healing massage for, for a woman that, um, for the abdominal area, you know, um, just to kind of help. And, and she knew I'd gone through a miscarriage and, um, and this person happened to do Reiki as well. And I was just like, sure, what are, I don't, you know, I was like, sounds cool. I don't, you know, whatever I'm pretty open. And so, um, so after the session, she did some Reiki and it was just the most peaceful, comforting, um, feeling. It was just so healing and so beautiful afterwards. I was like, wow, that was amazing. I've never had that before. And so after that, it Reiki just kept showing up in my life. And, um, I had someone, uh, I think maybe a month later I was at a venue and saw a friend and, you know, we said, Hey, you know, has it going? We've seen each other in a while. And she had a friend with her that she wanted me to meet, but we haven't ever been able to cross paths. And, um, her new, her friend that was new to me, uh, that I was just meeting looked at me and she's like, you look like she could tell that I had gone through something and was kind of, uh, not pointing at, you know, <laughs> this area, but she's like, you know, you look like you've been going through a lot of hurt and pain. I was like, I actually just had a miscarriage a month ago. And turns out she was a, a Reiki practitioner and could tell. And I was like, well, I just met this lady. That's crazy. And so stuff like that, just, or, you know, I would run into someone who practiced it or I would read about it or see it. And so for the last year and a half, I was like, okay, you know, I, I asked God, I was like, well, what is this? And I, my body responds to it. Well, I, 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 I like it. It's, it's a very beautiful practice. And so what it is, it's, it's a Japanese um, alternative uh, form of therapy. It's, it's, it's energy work. It really is what it is. And um, it's, it's, you know, they say life force energy is what Reiki stands for, but you know, I believe it's God. And essentially, you know, you are, um, a conduit for God's, you know, life force <laughs> energy coming, you know, as a practitioner, you know, if someone's a practitioner, um, it flows through them and it goes to you and it, it's non-invasive. They, they, um, place your hand, simply place their hands on you. And a lot of times you feel like a warmth, like a really warm feeling. And at the end of the session, it's like you had a massage, mm. um, it, without having the massage, you just feel very, calm and very restored. It's similar to like how acupuncture can kind of help clear out some areas of your body energetically. It, it's similar to that, except there's no needles involved. <laughs> so it, again, non-invasive. Um, but that's, that's why, and, and I prayed about it and thought about it and read and researched, and it just really fell in line with who I am and, and what I believe and, and how I want to offer these tools and, and different healing modalities to people. And so it's not me uh, by any means healing anybody. It's just me offering services to help facilitate people's healing journeys. So that's so cool. Yeah. I love that. And I know that there, there might be people listening to this and going, Oh, I don't know. That sounds, <laughs> sounds pretty woo woo, but yeah. that's where I think that 
if you look at our <laughs> modern day pharmaceuticals, those seem pretty woo woo too. You know, if, if we're talking about yeah. just, there are so many things out there that, that we don't know. And, um, mm-hmm. our bodies are electric, you know, yes. Our, yes. And, and we do take on energy and we emit yes. energy and, yes. and that's why things like grounding and being outside yes. in nature is neutralizing and anti-inflammatory. It's because yep. of our own energetic properties. And so, you know, I think everybody needs to do what's best for them and and be discerning and all of these things. But I I think that it's really cool again, to have another tool, another healing tool possible or or another alternative, because I mean, you know, I've benefited, my my child has benefited from acupuncture, Mm -hmm. cranial sacral therapy. There there are all sorts of really cool therapies out there that do have evidence behind them and do have science behind them. Mm -hmm. It just seems to be in the world today. We are very selective about what kind of science is the science that we're going to accept. So, you know, I, I just, I, I think that that's, that's cool. And it's such a neat part of your story and a neat journey that you're on now. And I'm excited. And I, I really want to try it myself. I, um, we'll, we'll chat about that later. Yeah. But, um, the last question I will ask you, um, this has been so much fun is if you could give one piece of advice to spark someone toward wholeness, what would it be? Um, you know, honestly, it's gonna make me cry. <laughs> um, it would be to be a truth teller. And, and what I mean by that is to be really ruthlessly honest with yourself, whether it's um, the greatest breakthrough and freedom I've ever experienced in my life is when I was very honest about things in my life. And even though they might seem scary, um, they might be fears to, to admit, you know, or it might be, um, you know, maybe I'm really struggling with something or I'm having a hard time and I'm kind of beating around it. And then when I finally would say, you know what, I'm, I'm actually suffering. (laughs) I'm actually suffering right now. Then it's like, wow. Okay. Now we can work with that. Cause now we're getting to the real, you know, or if it's, or it could be a past hurt or a past trauma or past whatever. Um, if I, if there's anything I could encourage, it would be be a truth teller because it can it can be scary at times to really admit certain things or even desires. It can be desires that you have that oh well later on or it's not that big of a deal or you know it's just not meant to be or or it could be about anger and it necessarily doesn't have to be about um, you know the the more darker emotions. But I think that's where a lot of the truth hides. You know, I think, um, like we were talking about earlier, you know, our body has so much wisdom and our body is trying to speak to us. And if we don't have a healthy relationship with our body, we're really missing out on a lot of things. And so I, I mentioned that because a lot of our emotions are stored, like we you touched on earlier, are stored in our body. And if we don't get those out, <laughs> it's going to manifest somewhere. And at some point in time, you're going to have to come head to head whether it's this, this truth. And sometimes truth comes in a package that we don't want. It comes in a package of anger or comes in a package or of resentment or bitterness or grief, you know? And, um, but when you sit with it and you learn to work with it and to befriend it, instead of stuffing it down or denying or minimizing, if you could be with it, learn to accept and, um, work with it and, and move through the emotion 
and allow that, that cycle of the emotion to, to run its course and to face whatever it is it's trying to show you, you will, you will experience true wholeness in your life, which I think that's what God wants for us. He wants us to be fully connected to him and to, to know truth. Like, I think that's, <laughs> we're designed for that, right? I, I believe we're designed to know truth we're, and we're designed to experience it. And I wholeheartedly believe that experiencing truth involves your body. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. That's so good. And I even wrote down, you said, befriend your body. And I'm like, dang, that's really good. I need to like have that just written on, <laughs> written down on the mirror or something, you know, um, that's so good. And so I just, I, I hope everybody who's listening, you guys are just encouraged by this conversation. I'm so encouraged by what you're doing, Colleen. And I think it's so cool that, you know, here you are and small town East Texas. I think, you know, a lot of people would be like, well, where's Tyler? Where's Texas? Yeah, you know? exactly. right? um, but, but you are making a mark in your community. And I just, I just want to encourage you to keep going because it's, it's a weird and scary thing talking about mental health issues. And it, there's, there's a lot that goes into that. And um, this community, those of us who are trying to bring awareness yeah. and try to end this, this stigma, um, we need to stick together. And so I'm just so glad that you're part of the show and um, I will link your website on in the show notes, but go ahead and give everybody the website information now before we go. Yeah. Well, and I do want to thank you so much for having me on and for being a part of my event. It was so awesome to have you and shine and to introduce you to all my participants. And are you talking about nutrition and, and how important that is with mental health? So that was really fun to be able to collaborate and connect. And if people want to learn more about Adventum, um, I do have a website. It is at this point in time, while this podcast is being recorded, it is under some construction, <laughs> but it's adventumnetwork.org. And it describes, you know, on, on there, you can learn about my, the mindfulness triathlon, which is once a year in the fall. I do have a youth program that we started this year, which we didn't even get to talk about, but it's amazing. Yeah. In school it's um, so everything that we talked about, we're teaching children and we're really stripping it down, you know, no woo woo, any of that stuff. We're stripping it down to the evidence-based and teaching kids in a very practical manner how to self-regulate. We just want to empower children to have self-agency and to use these tools, everything that we talked about. Um, and then I'm, I'm actually building a program that's pretty much the kids except for adults. And that's, um, I'll be, I'm working on that to, to get that up and going, um, in the future. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, but yeah, I do have social media. So that's a little bit more up to date. Um, Adventum network at Adventum network, you know, the little at sign that my social media page for Instagram and Facebook. And then I have Adventum youth yoga lab is my, the kids, if you want to keep up with kids and then Adventum try T R I show up for triathlon. That's the one with the event. Um, but yeah, that's, that's where we are and where you can find me and you know, if any of your listeners have questions or want to learn more about any of this stuff, I'm, I'm happy to share or, you know, send apps or books or, you know, recommend anything to help. Cause my whole heart is to really, again, to empower others and give them agency over themselves and to feel empowered in their health journey, to know that they, that they can, you know, the, that change can happen and that they can be that catalyst for change. I love it. Thank you so, so much for being on and sharing all this good info. I can't wait to put it out there. Thank you so much, Sharon. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in to Sparking Wholeness. 
For more on all things related to nutrition for mind, body, and soul, check out my website, sparkingwholeness.com. Don't forget to be kind and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to podcasts. And to be really kind, you can leave a nice review. I like those.